Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inside the Firm. I'm your host, Alex Gore. I'm here with Lance Psycho. How's hey, it going? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, this is a podcast about two principals talking about business. That's it. We happen to be an architecture firm. Um, we do development. We do BIM. We do computer work. Uh, but this, I think this is going to be an awesome podcast because we're talking about marketing, and marketing can apply to everyone. So I'm. He- this is the first one that has made me nervous, and nervous not in the traditional sense, nervous in an at our firm, Lance, we always want to give, 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 give. Because yeah. of karma, and it, it's always come back to us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I think they hide these little secrets. Oh, I have the secret how I do Revit or the templates or how I market. And they never give. And one of the best things we've done is give to the university. And then we've gotten jobs from that. We've gotten employees from that. It's always worked out. And what we're going to talk about now, I think is so fundamental and uh, can apply to everyone. And it, I'm almost upset that if we switch some people over to our ways, because then they're going to be our competition. But again, our foundation principle is give. So what's, here we hila- go. what's hilarious about that is I'm not nervous about it because <clears throat> so these people won't listen to us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, so last, true. the last two weeks I have been, Alex has too. Um, we've been on a sales marketing. rampage, but I have been doing a lot more of the, the, the marketing yes. in terms of, getting our website back up to date. Um, if everybody, uh, if you go check it out on the select work page, we finally have nine built projects. It's the first time in our whole history. Yep. <laughs> we actually probably have 50 to 75 built projects, but we have nine that are photographed, that look good, that fit what we want. That would qualify for, quote unquote, our yeah. select work. We, pro- we have way more than 50 built works. I just Absolutely. Said, I, I would say we're probably up to 100 at this point. Yeah. it's a good. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where was it going with this? So... I've been, I've been, I've been in, in that marketing push. So I've updated the website. Um, I went back and asked for some more reviews and we'll get into that on our Google page or thumbtack page, stuff like that. But then I, we've also finally made the, made the choice to, and made the decision to jump into house. So we, we kind of had the free, the freebie house, uh, profile before. I think there were maybe like two or three photos on there. It was just not taken care of because we have not had the time nor the staff support to be able to allow us to do this. Yep. So in that, looking at that, I then went to my favorite place to get architects' opinions, the Entree Architect community on Facebook, and asked <laughs> how many people are using paid house. And because this is before we, we bought, you just wanted to know, or was this after? Actually, we- this was after, so I had a little bit of buyer's regret because of the, because of the responses. But I'm oh, optimistic about me. it and convinced that we're going to do it better because I think we do mark internet marketing we do it really well. I, I, I truly believe that 100%. Um, because I don't think we'd be able to grow our business like we did, like we have the past three or four years, you know, the 300% growth that we've had, if, if we wouldn't have just put our names out there and done all of this, you know, these, these various media outlets. Yep. And as a background, if you've listened to the podcast, when we started, it was just two poor guys in a poor stupid- is, yeah, yeah, you can't state that enough in a dining room and we still had a marketing budget and we used Google AdWords. And do you remember how much we were paying? Because I think I remember. I think it was 50 bucks a month. I don't think it was much. Oh, I thought it was more than that. Was it really? We, we upped it because 50 bucks a month would not scare me. We got up to like 250. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. It was, it was $250 a month or something yeah. like that. Yeah. For poor guys, that that's a lot. And we always, when we first talked at our alma mater NDSU, we, you know, we told them that story. We, we kind of laid everything out there. Like, man, people don't, people don't have a marketing budget. And then when we thought about, we quit that. And Who here's, knows? And here's why we said people don't have a marketing budget. Because the last, the firms that we worked at before that did not have a marketing budget. So this is our own small anecdotal uh, 
you know, evidence that we gathered just from us doing being in those firms. So it might not apply to everybody. However, again, back to what I posted earlier this week in the Ontario Architect yeah. community, it seems like it seems like everybody is still on this. It's got to be referrals. It's got to be referrals. I only yeah. do referrals. I only do referrals, and I'm going. Well, that's great, but you can still. There's still a way to vet and screen people. You don't have to go after every lead you get on the internet. It's a volume game, right? And also, we've heard the reply: your built work is your marketing oh, budget. There was, yeah, one of my, uh, yeah, our, there, a schoolmate. Uh, no, no, yeah, this uh, this other gentleman I knew the other that that I know. Um, I can't remember. I think there was a. I think there was an article that I posted or something, where you have to. You you the building's not going to sell you. You have to sell you. That was kind of the the big shtick was this like an arc daily yeah it was like an arc daily approach or something like that and then the person replied and said no the building the building sells you and i'm like oh that building is not going to go out there and glad hand and make the person laugh and want them to work with you and in my opinion that i shared with you is one good great uh yeah yeah that's what i said so so just to kind of sum up the results that i got the results i got from asking um the entree architect community of is everybody using paid house are you using how are you using house and I would say it was eight out of ten said, "Nope, we're just doing the freebie. We're just doing the freebie version." We're eight out of the ten. So if, if ten people responded, was ten people using house? Was everyone at least having a passive house? I mean, because when a year ago, I probably threw up a project. You threw up a project. I think it was. Ha- was it. I think about half were using. Half were using it. Okay. And then the other half were using it, and then out of that half, eighty uh, percent were were free. Only a select handful of people are using the paid version, right? Yep. Um, so a lot of the sentiment that I heard over and over again was, "It's house is great for uh, homeowners that are just trying to find ideas and they network with other homeowners and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they're just a bunch of tire kickers. They're just a bunch of tire kickers. And that's all they're looking for is to try to get the best price try to get the best deal they can out of, out of the whole thing. And they're not like, they're not this magical which i just don't know where these people are 0.01 percent who are just throwing millions of dollars at houses to build them right i'm not sure where that unicorn is if anybody if anybody knows shout out shout out just hit me up on twitter maybe they're on house (laughs) maybe we'll find (laughs) well that's what we're going after so yeah so where were we going with this where where i was going with this is that it seemed like people were I want to say strongly against marketing again. 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 Again, I couldn't believe it. And also, hey, it's only referrals. And what I got from that was you can, why can't you have both? Why can't you have a strong referral base, which we have? And then why can't you get new people too? Um, And especially, I've been on an Angie's List tear. And what is happening? It's been insane. Tell everybody, how many inquiries have you gotten in the last? Since Saturday. It is Friday. I've scheduled five meetings and they're all paid meetings so yeah. initially i bet you a lot of firms are like this your paid meeting is free i mean your first meeting is free all my meetings are paid for all my meetings for future clients are paid for yeah, yeah. Jesus. yeah. It, it's it's been it's been insane it's been insane yep so what, what i'm getting at is that uh we stopped if you go way back probably we advertised on google for what first two years three years who knows something even maybe smaller than that maybe one year yep we stopped it we just relied on referrals the economy kicked up we grew we got actually we didn't just rely on referrals we were still we were still doing very bottom of the barrel stuff we were advertising like on craigslist and then we were getting some small referrals and stuff like that Um, but the majority of our work was bim at that point yeah yeah but i mean after two years three years yes oh yeah sorry after two years yeah then 
then we wanted to jump back in and we looked at Google AdWords again and we're like, I don't think this is this. I don't think people click on it. It was even questionable back seven, eight years ago. Just a little side thing. It's just words. We're very visual. So Thumbtack has been great for us, especially you've been managing the Thumbtack. Um, then we decided let's go to the other big ones. Uh, so Angie's list, house, and then the secret third one, which is, which is the one that everyone associates for food. Oh, Yelp. Yelp. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like we're on Yelp now. Yeah. Um, so we decided to go in these new areas and I would say it's, it's working out great and it's probably working out great. Thumbtack and Angelus are just, we're just killing it at this point. And I mean, I'm not joking. I'm getting, I'm getting at least one inquiry a day. So the, the critical, the critical component to, to this kind of marketing on the internet is I think you got to keep, you got to keep a couple things in mind. Number one, it's a volume game. So you're going to get a volume amount of inquiries. So you need to come up with a, a strategy of how to vet and screen those of who's who's actually a crazy person here yeah. and who is, <laughs> who is not a crazy person. They here. are out there. So one, one good example of that is <clears throat> when I get inquiries on Thumbtack, it'll come up. And, and some people even in, in, in that group discussion were just saying, oh, I think it's a joke. I think it's a complete joke. And I was like, okay, well, fair enough. I mean, but they think thumb, thumbtack, just a joke, just a complete joke. And we've huh. gotten in, in last, last year, we got two big custom houses that were for us. We are small fish here. We are young guys, tiny little the, fishies, the biggest, uh, revenue. So the biggest commissions we've gotten for custom houses yet. From Thumbtack. From Thumbtack. Yeah. I think I know who it is. The house we visited. Yeah. Yeah. Bo- both of them in Erie, in Erie, Colorado. And yeah. what I'm realizing too is that so many more people are being from getting familiar with trusting the internet. Yes. And when we talk about, you know, they say only referrals, only referrals. I buy my vice. I probably have a lot of vices. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but my vice is if I see a book that I think I'll remotely like, I will buy it. And I, I, I buy it on Amazon and I look at the reviews and the reviews are awesome. And I think everyone is being uh, trained to trust those reviews because of the systems, the algorithms. I always go look at the worst reviews too. So the, the people that I've been getting on Angie's list have been telling me, your reviews are great. Your reviews are amazing. How many do we have on there? Do you have any idea? Is it a, how many uh, reviews? Three or four. Only three or four? Three or four. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I think the game is changing, and what's also changing too is that in Angie's list they can give you you know their address, the times when they want to meet, um, their phone number, and their email, and I am seeing a lot of people are leaving their phone out of it, which which to me was a surprise. Same same with Thumbtack, it's hard to get a phone call, and I've actually so one thing that I found out about when in, in the house meeting that I had, so I had a, I had a meeting with the marketing director and that's how we signed up and we asked yep. them all the little intricate details. One beautiful thing that I like about house is that the customer has to leave their phone number or they cannot send you a request. Yeah. So I sent that back to Thumbtack. I'm like, make it so we can follow up with these people. Because again, if it comes down to volume, we're dealing with some just flaky people at the end of the day. So speaking of volume, I was actually nervous because we were getting so many hits on uh, Angie's list that I go, man, I'm going to have to call every one of these. It's going to be 20 to 30 minutes because you explain the process, you ask them about what they're doing, and then you have like follow-up questions. So uh, honestly, five or six, you know, that's, and then, and then there's the time of transition and then there's looking at this. It's a whole morning. That's a whole morning and 20 to 30 minutes is, is actually a low estimate. So when I started seeing no phones, I quickly made a template where I introduce myself, tell them what Beautiful. was going to happen, 
ask them about their project. Now this template is just saved in your email your, or a Word document. Email. Just copy pasting, yeah? Yep. And I got and, a good and tip And modifying it and tweaking it so that it's custom in, in its own way. Yep. Exactly. And then, and then I send them a PDF about our firm. Um, and it happened. It's quick. It's right away. And then Lance said, "Oh, do you have it saved on your phone too?" So I have the little notebook. So now I have it on my phone also. Yeah, so. yeah. And I, the reason why I told Alex that is because so Alex, Alex started doing Angie's List uh, this this year. We've done Thumbtack for about three years. It honestly took about I, I'm not joking either about a year for me to kind of master Thumbtack, right? So we're one of the top pros in Colorado. We have the best reviews. We have some of the best reviews. Now I sound like Trump. I, I need to pause you right there. <laughs> I need to pause you because I think people, I think that's a huge lesson right there. A year. We are, before this podcast, this podcast is going to go on for a year. That's, Just, what, that's what Al told me today. He's like, we're going to do it for a whole year. Okay. For a whole year, no matter what. <laughs> because there, there's there's ups and downs. Um, and I think you learn stuff. When those downs hit, I think a lot of people quit and said, oh, didn't Angie's List didn't work for me. Thumbtack didn't work for me. Um, be, the first couple months on, on Angie's List, was nothing. And you were disappointed, right? I was very disappointed. Called, I even called the sales team. I even called the sales team. What's up? Maybe they're giving us a little boost and, and that's what's going on. Um, but to ma- to be good at anything, you, you got to give it a year. You, you got to give I it. I think you got to give it a year. Yeah. A whole year. What if you're learning chess? If you don't give it a year, what are you doing? What are you it, doing? Exactly. Jiu-jitsu, anything. Anything. Running. Working out. Yeah. Got to give it a year. Yeah. If only my... If only my Second youngest son would take that advice and just <laughs> yeah. follow through with something for once. <laughs> just like, just a, resistance, quit. Resistance, quit. It's just like another new thing comes and he's like, oh, now I'm into this. And I'm like, oh, yeah. God. You want to get philosophical for a second? Yeah. So um, my wife and I were talking and we we're talking about the closer you get to achieving a goal, it seems like it's harder to attain that goal. So the closer you get to that prize, it's harder and harder to get. There's a book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, and he talks about this. I have that book. Okay. I need to read that book. It's a good book. It's a yeah. good book. Uh, audio book is great, too. Uh, I've listened to it on audio. And he doesn't say why, but it's great to know, hey, everyone, this is a phenomenon that happens. So if let's say you're writing a book. Um, just getting into it, you're always going to get distractions. And then when you get towards the end of the book, even more distractions and everything before you complete it, it like... That's going to be the hardest time. And books, just example, it could be it could be. It's anything. so true. Both tiny houses that we built, man, that last week was the worst. It's yeah. the hardest. And I think at F9. Or, or like any project that we're doing, we're trying to push for the permit. We're trying to get to that permit set. It's like, God, that, yep. this last 5% is so taxing. And I feel at F9, we've kind of evened out that last 5% because I know from other firms, other firms, if you're listening up, getting, because they'll work. I've yeah, heard them night. just not sleeping. Oh. We, we don't do all-nighters. We do, we do eight to five. We're strict on it. Exactly. So um, just imagine, I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. And where I'm getting at this is, this is my philosophical, just out of thin air idea, <laughs> is that I think the nature of the universe is set up that way. Because if you were getting close, if you could control what you wanted, if you could get what you wanted, you would make nature unbalanced. So think about a tiger, right? If, if he could just eat a gazelle every time he want and get bigger and stronger and then eat another gazelle, eat another gazelle, and it became easier as he got to his goal, that means he would achieve his goal more and he'd kill all the gazelles. So it, for me, fundamentally, and I don't even know how it works uh, you know, on these small projects that have nothing to do with, with nature, but I think nature is set up against you that the closer you get to your goal, the harder it becomes or else you would literally 
take over the universe like a Whoa. virus. Yeah, I, yeah. I so think you there's, get, some, there's something to that. There's yeah. something to that. There has to be sort of this self. It's kind of like the regulator. It's the universal yeah. regulator. I don't know the scientific underpinnings or um, the philosophical underpinnings, it, but the train of thought I like. Uh, yeah. No, I think there's a there's a lot of truth to that. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. That last five percent is the hardest to get. Um. So I've kind of broke it down into what I'd like to call the triple V effect. Okay. Ooh, look I, at you. You I just, just wrote that down. I, I you just, didn't even. I just came up with that. This is the triple. So if you're going to do online marketing, here's 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 the three things to keep in mind, and I think will help you knock it out of not of the park. Number one, volume. I've already talked about that. It's a volume game, and what what goes with volume is then vetting. So you're going to need to vet all the volume that you're that you're getting, and the third is verification. You got to have those reviews, like Alex said. So. So on you, you did a stretch with that V verification. I like how that works. You're like <laughs> reviews, verification. That's what I said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it goes like VVR. No, no, no. VVV. Yeah, there yeah, we go. Yeah. VVV. So, um, so we got to remember that for the subtitle or, or something. The triple V's of of what? Of marketing? Yes. Online the triple marketing. V's of, the triple V's of online marketing. Or the three that. V's of online marketing. Something like that. That's what we'll title it. So, so how do you get those? How do you get those reviews? Right. I think it's a, one thing that we were scared of right away in getting reviews was, especially probably, I would say around the 2012, 2013 mark, when we finally started getting projects that were turning over and becoming built, was right at the end of the process, at the, at the, at the construction documentation process, and finishing up the drawings, there was always this very high drama because everybody wanted the drawings. And then on top of that, then they'd go to permit and we'd get, we'd get comics, but comics, comments back from the city there might be some problems because we're kind of you know rookies in a sense it was the slightly seasoned rookies and then the third thing was <clears throat> then we get into construction and maybe there was a problem or two so we we didn't know when it was really appropriate to ask people well now since then we've kind of grown a couple of cojones and we feel like i at least feel like very confident asking our clients former clients a lot of them um most of them for reviews so right. my strategy for doing that is make it as simple and as easy as possible. Eliminate barriers. Eliminate barriers, 100%. So I want to read for everybody. So I was on a marketing tear this morning. I sent out, I probably, I think over 20 emails to try to ramp up our house reviews, okay? And so this is an email to a former client who had already reviewed us once on uh, Thumbtack and Google. And so what I said was, hey, thank you for all of your reviews you've given us. Uh, and again, for your business. I have one last review favor to ask you. Could you please leave us a five-star review on house? We are ramping up our marketing efforts on that website to target business, to target Boulder County. And every review helps. You could just copy and paste your original review from Thumbtack and that would be perfect. Here's what you wrote to make it easy. Then I copied and pasted it for her. Then I said, and here's the length of the house review. So you just knock it down right away. I think, um, so for our clients, our current clients every year, at the end of the year, we give them all gifts and we try to make them personal and it's not just a generic gift basket or anything like that. For these repeat reviewers, I think even if we didn't do work with them this year, they need to be on that list. They need to be on that list. Yeah. yeah. Because it's huge. It, it, it is massive. Yep. So because again, every, what I was trying to get at earlier is that the internet has become so trusted and I don't mean trusted in the sense of that you won't get hacked or the CIA isn't in your computer right now watching and recording everything you do because they probably are. I mean, the people that are leaving reviews are basically you're viewing as your friends. So it's a referral that way because you've left reviews, you've bought things where you've trusted reviews. So it, when people say I'm a referral only business, 
I would almost argue, hey, we are too, because they're reading these reviews, they're trusting those people and coming to us. And here's here's why it's a hundred. Alex is one hundred percent right. Is so Alex has been doing this whole Jesus thing, and we keep harping on it, but it's it's been incredible. And I have gotten three calls that come directly to me, and they say, hey, I saw you on Angie's list. And I didn't even put your number on they, Angie's list. I know. I don't get it. <laughs> no, what, well, my, my number's on the website. And I, th- I think we mark it with my number on the website. Okay. And then another thing, too, I've had people who haven't contacted me via Angie's list. So that five was purely through their funnel system that have emailed me and said, found you on Angie's list, went to your website, like what you do, blah, 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 blah. You know. Same thing with Thumbtack. People are, people have found us on Thumbtack and then circumvented Thumbtack. And to be completely honest with you, with you, the most most people when they contact us through Thumbtack, they are elated to get off of Thumbtack. This is not taking away from Thumbtack. This is just saying like they eventually do want that immediate one to one connection and do not want the middleman between you. Yep. So I think so. I think this kind of leads me to my next <clears throat> to our to our next point. Well, and that is then oh, just. Uh, I should, Angie's List should sponsor us. That'd be great. Um, that person that contacted me via email, basically I said, I, I answered all of his questions because he was, there's a, an Angie's List, they come through you through deals. So you make a deal and you put up like, hey, I'll do this for this amount. And then I, then they said, okay, yeah, we want to move forward. So then I sent them back to Angie's List. They bought the deal. So it, it works, it works both ways. You know what I mean? Like these these systems are w- worth it, and we're not just trying to p- skirt out of these systems. We we like these systems. We do like these systems. Yeah, no, we're, we appreciate these systems. Absolutely, yeah. shout out one hundred percent. So this kind of so this kind of leads me leads us, I think, in, into our in, into the next thing we're going to talk about, and that is the internet snowball marketing effect. Yeah. So that's what we think we're doing and trying to do here at F nine, trying to be like the young guns that are like early thirties. You know, we've we've came from. Um, we, nothing poverty nothing no but just i mean kidding. but i mean expected just ex- i think we're primed i was telling josh this the other day josh one of our employees how we we're talking about uh kids and smartphones so there's this there's this law that's going to po- possibly be passed in colorado it's on the house floor i think right now where it would ban parents from allowing for having from giving their kids smartphones what under 12 under 12 yeah it's crazy it's big brother i don't like it but so, uh, so I shared the article. Wait, wait, is that going to go into like iPads too? What's crazy is, yeah, my son at his school, the middle school, so it's all middle schoolers and they yeah. have, uh, they all have iPads. Yeah. Like Th- it's part of the school program. Atlas is eight months and if he sees an iPad pad, he will crawl towards it. His crawling is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Just the worst. So it's like a wiggle and a scoot and it's like, he's only using one leg and he's just, yeah, ah! <laughs> just struggling. <laughs> and then Annie was, I was sitting over at, at night at my dining table with my computer. And Annie's like, he's whining for you. He, he wants to hang out with, with dad. You've been working too much. So I go bring him over here. He paid no attention to me, went right to my computer. He was like, I don't even care about you, dad. I see the computer. I want to, I want to press buttons on that thing. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so where was I at here? Kids primed, primed. Yes, for computers. So I said, so I shared the article, and then and then somebody commented and said, "This is a person who has no ch- no children." So I take I take people's advice who don't have any children very very lightly, and it was uh, well when I when I have a when I have a kid I'm not gonna do this this and this. <laughs> and I chimed back, and what was what I found hilarious about that was, I have I'm, all three of our oldest kids have smartphones. And they all can hook up the internet. 
And I'm not seeing the addiction that I see, like, that literally I have. <laughs> no, you're bad. <laughs> it's you, awful. Exactly. <laughs> it's awful. I'm constantly connected to the internet. If anybody hasn't, everybody who listens probably knows that by now. So, um, so I think our generation is primed for just accepting and, and embracing this technology. So why wouldn't you try to go out there and put yourself out there in all these 50 different ways and then to get a snowball effect. But let's let's talk about the addiction because there's okay. been there's is been this studies. An, is, this an inter- is this an intervention? Absol- absolutely not. Um, this is just basically they they point out and there's been studies and I can't cite them. But if you wait till you're 18 or <laughs> I should say 18 to drink, I feel like that's when a lot of people start. You probably shouldn't. 21, 21 is the age. Binge binge drinking skyrockets, right? Because that's what it's like in America is that it's illegal. You can't do it. So all of a sudden when you get to do it, you do a lot of it. It goes crazy, right? That was us. We didn't get smartphones until, I don't know, 22, 23, 24. I could could not. When the iPhone, when the first iPhone came out, I just, I could not wait for it. Like I could not get it fast enough. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So I think maybe 26. I don't even know. Well, we we both got the same stupid Android. That was our first smartphones that we got together yeah it was like 26 27 and then we went over to the iphone 4 i think then um think about today's youth kids it's just like the kids in europe where they're drinking wine at 12 they're drinking wine at nine in little tastes they have these iphones they have they're in the house so after my kid gets over his i don't know love of it i'm sure it'll just be another toy just like every other toy it's true yeah yeah where the heck was okay? So back, back to this. So here's how I think. If you want to try to do this, here's how you got to start your snowball effect. Okay, number one, you're gonna start with your website. Get that website up and running and and do it well and use. Try to. I don't think you need to hire. And if you're doing the nope, lean startup way, do not hire anybody. Use nope. Squares. Use Squarespace. Use Weebly. We use Weebly yep. for everything. Uh, there's probably other ones. Um, Wix, Wix. All kinds. You exactly. can find. You can find all these ones where it's just drag and drop. Yep. Piece of cake. Easy to do. And then let's say let's say your business grows in a few years like ours did, you can go back and you can still do the Weebly and still have the control, but customize it. So we hired we hired a 27th Letter Media in Denver. They're awesome. They're great to work with. And we said, hey, here we want to create a custom Weebly template, and they gave us a flat fee for it. And then we we basically photoshopped how we wanted everything to look, and it can work that way. So start with the website, 100%. Try to read at least I think one book on like okay how to make how to make a Lean website that's ready to go, SEO friendly, all that stuff. Did you get that? Did, I sent you a dollar book. Was it on House, on Amazon? I don't know why. What? what? Remember, I, I texted it. Or it was at night. Yes, yes. And you told me I should. I, I need to read that. Okay. It's uh, so uh, the point I'm getting at, and Lance is getting at, is there's books out there for a dollar. Has great reviews. I'm sure. One dollar. Yep. One dollar. <laughs> there you go. Easy. Done. <laughs> Add to cart. Sends it to your yep. Uh, iPad. Yep. Nicholas Renard has uh, extra change rolling around in his uh, car, so you could just pick that up from him. Yep, <laughs> just ask him. <laughs> Usually for lottery email. tickets, but yeah. All right. So, so the next thing is, I think Google Business. Then get your business verified on Google. It is it is paramount because <clears throat> if you're in a small town like us, so we we operate in a town of a hundred thousand, and then we do obviously work in Denver Metro and all that stuff. But if you Google Longman Architect, number one result yep. because we've been on top of that from day one. And then Google reviews. There are reviews. They pop yes. out on the side. Huge. All Huge. you have to do is, is click on that. You can send people the link. Good to go. Yep, exactly. Make it idiot proof. Not idiot proof. Make it easy. Make it easy for them. Yep. Okay. Uh, Somehow we should do a blackout. 
like they do with football games when they don't sell enough tickets. They say, oh, everyone in Minnesota can't watch if it's Vikings. Everyone in Denver. Can't. Do you remember that back in the day? So I was close to Minneapolis when I grew up. So that's what they do. So we would miss games sometimes where you're in North Dakota. Yeah. So they would black it out. Why? You never heard of that? About I've that? heard of this, but I can't like, that's real, huh? That's a real thing. I thought it was fake news. Nope. Uh, hashtag real news. <laughs> um, so the, why would we do a blackout though? Oh, you? this podcast doesn't go to anyone in Colorado. <laughs> you do not get this information. Do not do any of this. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Um, the next thing I think is blogs, and this was this was like a fundamental thing that we started from the beginning. Is we tried to so when we did the the when we originally did the tiny house thing, it was blakestinyhouse.com, and then it migrated to Alice. But when it was Blake's tiny house, we reached out to all these other people who had blogs, and we asked them, and we basically wrote the article for them, and then we uh, gave them all the images, and we said, hey, would you would you just be interested in doing a blog post about this or publishing or something like that? Yep. Your website becomes is also a blog too. Like you can blog on your own. Exactly. You should do your own blog, which by the way, I'm making an effort. I'm going to start redoing, you know, blog, at least one blog post a week. Yep. For sure. And, and I'm going to do a sidebar because you don't have to do this, but this advice uh, you could use. We do a fun project a year and we do a fun project that's marketable. So one year it was tiny houses that grew in a whole thing. One year in 2012, it was doomsday dwellings because the world was going to end. Um, we're doing a podcast podcast this year. So, Another thing you can do if you're trying to increase your presence is do stuff that that the media is going to grab onto, and then it could be local but, things. Yep. So in our town, there's uh, there's this there's this there's this uh, pretty successful business guy. I won't get too far into who he is or whatever, but he's been he's been doing live Facebook posts uh, videos on a, in a place in town that's like a it's a derelict place in town. It's like an old sugar beet factory, and so. He's been he's like just hammering and hawing about like why why isn't the city redeveloping this or who isn't redeveloping so there's I know there's little opportunities all yeah. over even in your little your town or a big town or something like that for like you could do a quick study of that and yeah. make it happen. You you could also think about uh, what happens yearly. Super Bowl happens every year. You could take your little town or your big town and say, hey, what if we took that stadium put it here? One where would it be? Then also know you you probably know that you have to have I think. 40,000 rooms in your city to have the Super Bowl or yep. something like yep. that or 80,000 rooms. I so can't some, even some remember. kind of number. They have a metric. Yep. So figure that out and then figure out how many hotel rooms you have in your city. You can figure that out. That information's out there. And then said, oh man, we'd also have to add all of these hotel rooms, right? So one, people would be interested because it's visual and two, it's topical. It's the Super Bowl. Three, the newspapers are going to pick up on it. Maybe even the nine news. And then four, then they won't even realize, oh, there's a hotel aspect to that? This is crazy. Who even knew? You're blowing their mind. There you go. There you go. They're good at free ideas. Uh, LinkedIn, I think it's, I think get your business page up on there. Get your professional page uh, up and to par and with all, try as many reviews as you can get on there personally too because clients are going to vet you in that way too. So you want to have your back covered and like, oh, I want to look up who this guy is. Does he is he do bad work? Is he or anywhere on the internet where he's doing bad, good, good, bad stuff? And these are all basics. These are all fundamental basics. Like it, it shouldn't, we shouldn't even need to tell you to do it. You should either already be doing it or just being, th- oh, okay. Like take it as a checklist to go down yep. because I don't even think we've gotten to the gold yet besides Google reviews. Google reviews is a gold, but it's a basic gold. It's a basic gold. Yeah. Yep. Uh, backlinks. So if there's any newspapers that have ever reported on you, if you can somehow insert, sometimes when you leave comments on blogs, it, it'll backlink to you that way. Google wants to have you, your website to be a spider web 
Yep. It, 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 it's, it used to be more prevalent back in the day, but you'd put your name and then you'd put your website that you're from and then you could comment. Now there's all these kind of third party discuss us and it doesn't work as well, but that's, that's a scenario for comments. Social media is probably given at this point. However, here's what I would say about social media. So <clears throat> about, I think last month or the month before I went on a social media tear. So I would, I would try to, I would try to post every single day on, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, and then also LinkedIn. And it, for I don't I don't think we had any measurable results from it. It seems like kind of like a time suck. So for us, I think at this point, social media is only for announcements or if we're trying to recruit people or or if we what has been pretty fruitful is when we do sponsored ads on there. It, it do, what the sponsored ads do is if anybody who's never, if you've never done this before, so if you do a sponsored ad on on, on Facebook, you know you could say throw throw say you throw one hundred and fifty dollars at it, you might get like we've gotten like maybe three hundred likes on a post. You can then go look at all those likes and you can invite those people to to like your page. So it's sort of a way to buy likes to get people to like your page. Social media, I would also say, is soft power. So in geopolitics is hard power your military and soft power is is you know everything else you can use and what i mean by that is that there's many people um who who i'll see around town or come in and they'll say hey i saw you did this or and i'm like what i barely even talked to you how do you know that it's because they're following us on linkedin so those clients that you have and those people that are interested that follow you will then keep up for a year or two or three years and you don't even know it i just met someone at the park heather won't say her last name yep. from gardening and she knew all about our podcast i was like what oh really that's, yeah. that's hilarious yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> like i don't know she said something so like, you put that on your podcast <laughs> um, you can put that on your podcast yeah, yeah take that yeah so anyways that that's it. i would say it's a constant contact kind of marketing Yes. Passive content. Exactly. It's a passive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and one other little tip I would give too is if you're whatever new project you're doing, if it's a new, if it's a new house or new school or whatever, if you're going to, if you're going to put that album on, if you're going to put those pictures on Facebook, I know some people don't do it for liability reasons. I, I just don't care. But if you, if you are going to do it, start an album because I found that albums get a ton of, a lot more traction. So let's say you start like a new modern house album, right? And let's say you put up just, you start with sketches, you walk it all the way through the whole design process to the point where they get a permit. You congratulate the people once they get a permit and then you start taking construction photos. Every time you upload a, a, a new photo, that whole album will pop up, right? So it's just going to give more people more content to look at. And then they get a context, they get uh, grounded in the whole process, which is great. Okay, remind me. And then on the back end, here's the really cool thing. You can download that whole album in a zip file instantly. Like, let's nice. say you needed to show, prove like us, to prove to the building official here, I, that Lance is, should be a contractor. Yep. Here's all the experience. Here's us in the field all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing a development charrette about the commercial uh, portion of our project, and there's going to be a whole bunch of sketches. So remind me to either take pictures or have Jason or whatever package them up, and we'll put them in that album. Um on F9. Okay. For Mark II. Yeah. Everybody wanted to hear that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just screwing with you. <laughs> totally screwing with you. If I don't say stuff that that's on my mind, it's... I know, I know. I know. So, so, so social media is soft. You know, it's a soft, uh, what did you say? Soft power? Soft power. Soft power. Is that from Jocko? No. That's from uh, uh, international relationships class I took in London. 
uh, study abroad. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, next thing. So then I'm just going to do a quick hit through here of like other websites that we recommend that you put your business on. Even if you're a hoity-toity, you know, super modern architect, I don't know. Can it hurt? Can it really hurt? It doesn't mean you have to go with anybody if they contact you, right? Yelp, Thumbtack, Angie's List, Howes, and Pinterest. <clears throat> so I got a lot. I got actually got a lot of feedback in that in that post that I did about like, oh no, we've actually got more traction through Pinterest. And then some interior designers that we met with too said, I actually get more traction and more contacts from Pinterest. And I actually, just so everybody knows, I have a Pinterest expert here. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, this is so funny because <laughs> when did Pinterest come out? Five? You tell, you tell us. So I got a lot of heat. Uh, <laughs> when still, Pinterest came still out, <laughs> I still get heat. Uh, I thought it was awesome. It was a great way to organize, to keep ideas, all that. And everyone just said, that's only for girls. Why are you using it? Ma- ruth- ruthlessly made fun of for the first two years. And now everyone's coming around. No, I would say for the first, it has never stopped. <laughs> it has it's not, not, it, right now, it is happening. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, so I think it's a great idea. We do have an F9 Pinterest account, correct? Uh, incorrect? Yeah, we do. It just needs to be it needs to be massaged. Yep. It needs to be massaged. And I think I think we should almost take the approach of um, an album. So each project each, you know, because you can do categories. Yes. So a tiny house, a whole album, whole album, whole album. Of, of each project. Of, yep. Yes. Absolutely. Rather than just the four or five good pictures. No, we're doing albums. I like that too. Yeah. Because Pinterest is heavy on the pristine pictures but i think a lot of people are interested in in behind the scenes thus inside oh the you like kind of the album the album so we take the album approach that i just talked about from facebook and yes I, I don't think that's a bad idea pinterest genius it cannot hurt so there you go there's your there's your internet snowball marketing there's your internet snowball marketing effect um maybe it can work for you maybe you're still just stuck in well not stuck but you are convinced that uh it's referrals only and that's how i'm going to do it for the rest of my life more, yep. more power to you just know that there are people out there like us that are doing a marketing effect, that are doing a snowball marketing effect, and we are fishing every day. And if you don't want to, go ahead. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Just in one ear out the other. Yep. Especially <laughs> <laughs> if you're in Colorado. Yeah. All right. Uh, with that, I think we're into our segment, uh, Best and Worst Advice. Who do so, we have? Who do we, who's our guest, Al? Kyle Sack, uh, one of our good friends from back from college. Uh, he's working for, who's he working for? Oh, man, I'm so sorry, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You keep talking, and I'll look him up real quick just so we don't screw it up. On yeah. LinkedIn. Anyways, we, we've talked to him for a while, um, and if we can't if we can't get who... who, who yep, he's an architect, um, or I don't know if he's done with oh, his test or not, but I've he got does it, I've got it, I've got it. Designer at Opus AE Group, Group, LLC. At least that's what his LinkedIn says. So, Kyle, if you're listening and that is wrong, you've already heard it. Update that LinkedIn, boy. Yeah, we'll watch it. Eyes on you. Eyes on you. So here we go. Hey, everyone. This is Kyle Sack. Uh, I've been invited by Lance and Al to talk about my best and worst advice. I'll start with the bad advice. And, you know, I gave this a lot of thought and really couldn't come up with concrete advice that I had received that was bad and I think part of that is because you know if you receive bad advice and you recognize it as bad advice uh, you tend to just kind of forget about it ignore it so I, I can't really come up with with a specific event where you know I, I was given bad advice 
So I'm going to be like a politician and I'm just going to answer a different question. And, um, and I think this ties into the good advice because uh, the first, first thing I'm going to talk about is advice that I wish I had received at a certain point in my life. And um, so that, that would be uh, when I was coming out of school. Uh, I think a lot of people, when they go to architecture school, they kind of have this idea of what their career is going to be like. And, you know, obviously being design, uh, design oriented, um, I had this thought, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to work for this trendy architecture firm and only work on really cool buildings and, and, um, and that's how my career is going to be. So what I'm getting at is if I had been told, uh, hey, keep your options open, um, maybe, maybe you find yourself at a place where on the surface it doesn't look like something you'd want to do. But once you get there, you might find that the situation is a little better than what you thought. And so I, I wish I had been told that, you know, don't pigeonhole your career options from the start. I realized that, that by not receiving this advice, I, I ended up where I am just because just that's how things go. But, you know, the job that I have now is not a job I would have found attractive or appealing when I got out of school. But now that I'm in that job, I find it incredibly valuable and and in, incredibly rewarding. So that's that's advice I wish I had received because uh, just because I think it's good to have that that perspective when you're young um, that you should keep keep things open and don't just shut out certain jobs because you think they're not going to be fun or not going to be exciting or uh, stimulating. So, and that really ties into the second part, the good advice. Because uh, while, while you do want to keep your options open, this advice, which may not have been phrased as advice to me, um, I, I thought was really thought-provoking. And that's when, when I was interviewing for my current job, uh, I was interviewing with the president of the company and a couple of directors, managers that, that kind of um, are the, the overhead of the, the main staff. And I think I, I, was, I was talking about how, you know, I've been at a couple different places in my career and, you know, I've done some drafting and I've done some design and done this and that and and trying to sell myself as a versatile employee and the the president just straight up asked me well what do you want to do and that really caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting to be asked something so uh, point blank and and to me it came off as as advice because I think he was maybe critiquing my my answer to an interview question, you know, don't just talk about what you can do and what you have done, 
Uh, talk about what you want to do. Talk about your goals and and have goals and and take those to job interviews. So I I really found that question uh, unexpected, but but it's really stuck with me. And you know when I really thought about it, uh, what I had done wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. And so when I really thought about the answer to that question, it actually did lead me to that job. Um, so that's, that's my good and bad advice. And I just want to thank Lance and Al for inviting me to be a part of the podcast. Keep it up. Kyle, thanks so much for that. Uh, that was that was awesome. It fit perfectly into today's topic. I thought one hundred percent. Alex might disagree, but I thought it did because the, the big thing I took from it was don't pigeon your your don't pigeonhole yourself or your business. So I think if you're just if you are saying I'm going to rely on one way to get work, aren't you pigeonholing yourself in a certain yeah. way? Yep, yep. Um, man, we've done so many different things. We we've worked for uh, windmill companies, teaching them how to draw and design and think yeah we i through the universe through through color through uh cu they yeah. contact us and say hey can you guys can you guys come teach seasoned engineers who are way smarter than us yeah 50 billion times smarter than us easily to draw and they loved it <laughs> the fundamental stuff that you learn in college i'm not joking everybody up. everybody who's an architect or artistic listening to this podcast you know when you draw the cube in 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 high school and you're just drawing that stupid cube that's the 3d cube it's like an axonometric and then you shade it yeah stuff like that and they were just like what this is amazing yeah um also if you're interested in like ah i think i know what you're talking about pick up the creativity code by yours truly with with, with input from lance and and that's basically our course and it just amazon.com and what i find when when this kind of stuff comes up is that some people our society is very visual, but it's not based on teaching how to draw, design, or be visual. And one, there's so many people like, I don't know how you made that or how you thought about that. And once you give them these visual tools um, and these visual principles, it, it just blows their mind. They're like, oh my God, this is simple and easy. And I can think about things in a different way. And the, you know, our students love it, eat it up. So, And then you can start producing more tangible things than just writing or doing code or any, anything like that. Not that that's bad because that actually has a huge effect. The The two things I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. is in college, I think this is, this is a prevalent problem. Your knowledge is, is shallow of what the profession is going to be because a lot of times you're just doing a, a basic design and then some boards and like, you think that's what it's going to be. And you have, you have grandiose ideas just like Kyle did, just like I did, just like Al did, we're going to ro- work for Rockstar Firms, which we did, which actually. we did, which yeah. we did, and yeah. look, and 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 I think that's a false, that's a false premise because I think you're limiting yourself, right? Yeah. Like why, why not try, why not try something else? And yeah. and life isn't going to always afford you those kind of opportunities anyway. Yep, it, this is a, a a selfish plea, but if you're a professor listening to this, forward this on to your students because I feel like this is a real look into into what happens where one of the podcasts we said as principals like we're stopping design because our guys are good at it yeah so we just pass it on and we're okay with that and we're happy about that actually it, it, it's a great thing so um and and know that that might come in your life where you kick that off you know you kick off what you thought was maybe your your passion the 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 only thing about shallow that that I've heard and I want to kind of add on to is that sometimes you let's say you get more seasoned in architecture 
right? And you're like, I don't like it because it's all this nonsense. It's, people are telling me to market and go on Pinterest. I don't want to go on Pinterest. Yelp. <laughs> Yelp. Get the <laughs> out of here. <laughs> so, so then you look at another profession. And I think you look at it through that shallow lens again, unless you really think and think like, oh, if I become this, all I have to, if I'm a marketer, all I have to do is go on sales calls and, and drink beer with people and stuff like that. And I bet you everyone else's profession is just as deep. And that shallow presentation isn't what right. really And there. we have friends that, that, have, that are still continually doing this. I know somebody who just cannot figure out what she wants to do in life. And has jumped all over the world trying to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, shout out. I know who you know. Did she listen? <laughs> she does not listen. Ah. <laughs> I love I love her. She's awesome. She's an amazing, amazing uh, woman. She does. She's more educated than I am at this point. Yeah. So, but I'm, I guess it boils down to like, gosh, I think you got to try it. I think you got to, I think lower your expectations cannot be overstated enough because then the better things, the better things are that you experience, the better they are, right? Because your expectations are down, down lower. Yeah. Uh, his second part, what he talked about, what do you want to do? What is your passion? I think, no, no, no. What do you want to do? And what I wrote down is that leads to what your passion is. And then your passion, you exude that and it shows excitement, shows enthusiasm. And I, when he was talking about that, because we just interviewed a kid, was it this week? I don't even know. Yes, this week has been a blur. Yeah. <laughs> and we asked those types of questions. I don't know if we asked that specific one this time. Um, Al, Al did his usual. Hey, tell us about yourself. Tell us about yourself. It's more of where do you see yourself in three years, five years, ten years? Because you know what? But it is a good exercise. I like it. Yeah, there there we go. Okay, I don't need to defend myself. (laughs) Um, But so that question is great because I think people can then see that you have excitement. Because a lot of people are what we've noticed. People are nervous. People that we've known for years that were in college and then we hired were nervous. I was like, what? Do you not know you basically have the job? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were just hoping you'll take the job. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing our guys don't listen to. <laughs> Anyways, um, but from my perspective, it almost aligns because I want to ask that question, know that question, to know where you fit in because I want to fit you in your passion because yes. then you'll excel at yes. it. But if you come, it, it's a two-edged sword because if you come in that shallow mindset like, Oh, I want to hand draw amazing residential architecture for, you know, that 1% client who really cares about design and will take my idea. Like, then we know they're not a good fit. And we've actually had a few people come in like that. Yeah. You know, and we're just like, I just, I'm not sure you fit with the culture, kind of the clientele that we have and what we're projecting to do. But what's dangerous is holding them that that standard when I don't even know what you, what I would have said. I actually know. Think about a kid who goes to work at Liebskin, a world-renowned architect who does fancy stuff. I would have said, I want to do fancy, you know, weird stuff like that. And maybe maybe that's okay because then maybe I wouldn't have fit in a small residential firm, but I did fit at that big firm until reality hit. Until reality hit. So, but do you see the double-edged sword because because of the shallowness of... Absolutely. Because of the shallowness of reality. Of of knowing reality. Yeah. Of where you're at in, in college, so... There you go. Again, thanks, thanks again, Kyle. Appreciate that. Uh, please share on your on your own personal social media and all that kind of stuff. Uh, help spread the word. Tell a friend. And uh, with that, I think we today we're gonna skip. I failed. I'm just not gonna lie. I failed to write the code questions down because it's so. Because he was scared I was gonna get another 100. <laughs> exactly. He was. He was. Afraid. That's exactly it. 
We all know Al is just spot on. One hundred percent with these code questions. Yeah. You know? So next week, uh, maybe I can't believe I failed the two percent question. Yeah, that's because crappy because that's on PPP. Isn't that one the one where you have to actually grade? You have to do a swale. Didn't you, know you do a grading exercise? For some reason, yes. But the, um, I was thinking five percent because I was thinking I wasn't oh. thinking the slope away from a building. Like if you said slope away from a building, two percent. No, two percent. Two percent. Okay. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> Isn't it six inches for every ten feet? So what is that? So 0. 0.5 divided by ten, right? 0. 0.5 divided by ten. Five percent. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> it is. It is that. So I had them reversed. I had them reversed. <laughs> that's how's dyslexia kicking in. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Anyways, there's your code <laughs> recap of the day. Recap um, for the code question. So development talk. Development talk. So we had some. Uh, we had a. We had a a very good meeting down in Denver with a uh, a lawyer that was referred to us um, from a from another developer that we that we work with uh, hand in hand to do his do his plans. And so this guy, this guy is a perfect fit for us in the sense that he works with developers all the time, right? And the best thing that we got, he, you know, he sat there and listened to him. We really liked his candor and everything. But one of the best things we got out of the meeting was he instantly, he started talking about money and not what he's going to charge us, but okay, how much money are you guys going to have to come up with to do this, to do this project? So we started throwing out numbers and, <clears throat> and he said, oh, that's it. You know, for us, it's a large number for him. It's like, eh, that's it. Eh. Cause I'm sure he's dealing with 30 Matt. unit. 50 unit, 100 10, unit. 10 million dollar, you know, minimum projects type of thing. And ours is only maybe, you know, one and a half million or something yeah. like that. So we threw out this number and he goes, wow, that's it? You guys might not have to put anything down, right? And he, I'm like, that's the idea. If we're the architect, we're the developer, we're the contractor, maybe the realtor. And anything more than our ability. So we have put in 60K, we'll put in another... Six, you know, maybe we'll put in one fifty. Probably, yeah, it's probably gonna be another forty at the end of the day. Uh, once we pay all the consultants and all of our time and all that stuff. Yep. But so it's not like we aren't putting in money. What we're not gonna have to go get other investors. Exactly, and we want to minimize the part. You want to minimize anybody who is a even could be a potential partner. Yes. Right. Yes, because it's not only just another hassle getting them, even if they're maybe your best friend, but then it's writing up the agreement, making sure, dealing with FTEC rules, you know, all that. You don't, you don't, don't want to do that. So to go on that too, what I would say, what, what we learned from another developer just by watching them is that they went to a bank and then the bank later asked for extra money. And what I'm getting at is that when we go to a bank, we're going to, we, we're getting a lot of contacts from this guy right? That we didn't know their Denver contacts instead of Boulder Longmont contacts. But the, we, I want two or three banks in the process. So in case anyone tries to pull something, I can switch over, right? I can go to a backup basically. And then you have leverage, right? It's just not, you need some leverage. That's what I I was hoping you would say that. Yes. The the second thing too, with with these lawyers is that we already have a a, a lawyer that we know in town. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. on backup. Yep. He, he, you know, like could, could step up to the plate. Uh, and then you learn stuff from different lawyers from talking. So we learned stuff from this guy, the connections and hookups, our lawyer in here, he told us about the city council. So really it's about gaining knowledge. And then you, what are the other real gaining estate and agents? Gleaning knowledge. 100%. 
Double G, double G. Yep. They're giving you, hey, this is what I do. This, and then you can you can pick from all of these guys. It, maybe it was our lawyer here that that for some reason will decide to go with for for whatever. But man, if you aren't looking at two to three people for everyone you're involving in these major decisions, get out of town. Get out of town. <laughs> get out of town. No, really. I mean, I mean that in all seriousness. Yep. Uh, Connections, knowledge, and backup. It you can, get those three things. It cannot hurt. It cannot hurt. One hundred percent. Yeah. So really excited. Um, with that, we're we're kind of going to wrap up the podcast here today. Uh, they're going to have some code questions next time. I promise. Alex is going to get stumped because he's never got stumped before. Yep, it'll be the first. Tune in. You'll hear me for the first time get stumped. <laughs> and once again, if anybody out there would lo- w- is interested in being being featured on the podcast to do uh, good and bad advice, please do it. Everybody who has sent in stuff so far has been awesome. Everybody who also has sent in stuff so far has like been a little nervous that they're that you know oh I rambled or this and honestly it's been great. Like every yeah. time I'm, it's like honestly it's like opening a little gift. Every Friday, yep. because we we don't listen to them until until the podcast. We pause, we listen to it, so it's a real genuine reaction. Nothing's orca- Nothing is uh, I don't know planned here. Yep. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that it was in the car too. Kyle Sack is so busy driving it's to work, driving to work, driving to work, getting it done. So hey, thanks everyone. If you if you want to be on it, email me akg at f nine productions We have Facebook. Um, LinkedIn, Twitter, you can contact Lance or Alex. F9 Productions is, is our main promotion. So thank you for tuning in. Leave a review if you can. You can do it right on your phone, and we will see you at the next podcast. Bye-bye.